the Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. Dear Jean, by the time you read this note, it will all be over. Everything. My career, my stab at politics, my standing in this town, our marriage, and my life. But I want you to know I didn't plan it this way. It was the consequence of one event on top of another. By now, what I've done will be front-page news. But I want you to know what happened. What really happened. It's the least I can do now, to be totally honest with you, after being your husband for almost 25 years. So let me begin at the beginning. Which was the night after I'd announced my candidacy for mayor. You remember... We'd thrown a little dinner party for some more influential friends. And after the last of them left, you and I had one final drink on the patio before turning in. Here, there's just an inch left in this bottle. All right, Jane, pour it. And let me get out of this tie. You know, I thought it went off quite nicely. Yes, it did. It did. Nice people. Good people. Oh, Lord, I hope I don't let them down. Why should you? Well, it isn't that I think I will. I I just... Well, I'm beginning to feel the weight of responsibility now. Jeannie, if I'm lucky enough to win this... Here. Uh, Here's to Mayor James G. Hadley. The best mayor the city ever had. I'll get it. Uh, Hadley here. Jim Hadley, you old son of a gun. Yeah, who's this? Centerville High. To you we will be true. Where we go. We'll always wear the crimson and the blue. <laughs> who is this? Jimmy, you'll never guess who this is in a million years. All right, all right, I give up. Who is it? You and I haven't laid eyes on each other for a long, long time, Jimmy, my boy. But I've been following your career. Oh, you bet. And I see by the papers that you're throwing your head in the ring. Oh, come on now. Who is this? Gonna reform City Hall, huh? You know what I did when I read that, Jimmy? I laughed. Yeah, I had a good laugh. Because, see, Jimmy, you and I go back a long ways together. Okay, okay. Now, I'll tell you what. You tell me your name and then we'll... And I remember a lot of things, Jimmy. A lot of things. You may have forgotten. I see, I see. I'm beginning not to care who this is. And I got to thinking. I bet old Jim Hadley would like to know what I know. And then... I got to thinking, I'll bet a lot of people like to know what I know. You're getting a little tiresome, friend. If you'll excuse me, it's late. You see, Jimmy, you see, I saw what you did. Of all the intolerable conditions in life that a person may experience... Domination by another must be among the worst. Tonight we hear the story of an average man, perhaps a better than average man, and his disintegration. In a minute, Don Briggs returns in the role of solid citizen James Hadley in our crisis tale of suspense entitled, I Saw What You Did. And now, crisis. 
What are you talking about? I said I saw what you did. I don't understand. And I've kept quiet about it all this time. But now that you're running for public office, it seems like the whole thing ought to come out. Doesn't it to you? Well, now, you listen to me, whoever you are. If you think you can intimidate me with this trick, you've got another thing coming. I have nothing in my past I'm the least ashamed of, and I'm oh, not afraid Jimmy, of... I forgot one little detail about that little matter. I've got proof of what you did. Proof. You sure you want to be mayor, Jimmy? Well, if you think you've got something on me, mister, then you just go ahead and... Uh, hello. 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 Oh, sure, he hung up. What in the name of reason was all that? I don't know. What was this about something in your past? I said I don't know. I'm sorry, Jean. Someone's playing a low-down trick on me, evidently. Who? Did he accuse you of something? Oh, he pretends that he knows something, something scandalous, evidently, about me. Well, I got news for him. There isn't anything scandalous in my past. Was it one of Mendenhall's people, do you think? Mendenhall? Well, you did kind of scorch him in your speech last night. Mendenhall? Oh, would he stoop to such a tactic? No, I can't believe he'd conscience such a thing. Well, what did he say? Well, it was it was almost like I was a little kid again, being bullied by an older kid. Honey, what did he say? Does it matter what he said? Oh, he said, I saw what you did, whatever that's supposed to mean. James, your hand's shaking. Uh, where was that drink you made me? I think I'll have it. Of course, I, I thought it was nothing but a crude trick, but... That night, I lay awake until it was light, racking my brain, trying to think, to remember anything that could have happened in my life that I might have forgotten, put out of my memory, but it was no good. My head was all mixed up. All I could remember was the taunting, knowing sound of that guy's voice on the phone, someone who had something on me. Oh, no, no, it was all a trick, wasn't it? Yeah, I decided that. Maybe Jean was right. Maybe it was Fritz Mendenhall's dirty way of trying to intimidate me. I, I knew politics was dirty, but, well, this was just my first baptism in the cesspool of City Hall, Mendenhall's City Hall, which I'd attacked the night before when I threw my hat in the ring. Well, next day I decided to say nothing to anyone about the call. They were just hanging banners in the campaign headquarters when I showed up about ten and four or five girls were busy on the telephones. Sid Davies, my campaign manager, had a list of appointments for me. If you can make it at noon, Jimmy, it's uh, it's a heck of a short notice, but it's good exposure. And most of them are Mendenhall people, you know. Huh? What's that? The, the, the Drake Hotel, noon? Oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I was thinking about something else. Uh, I don't think a formal speech is necessary. Just uh, restate the ten points in your announcement. And, uh, oh, this afternoon I've lined you up to visit Mountain View Convalescent Home. Good, good, good. Say, uh, is there anything the matter? The matter? No, no. Well, you look kind of tired. Well, I, uh, I didn't rest too well last night. How'd the dinner go? Fine, fine, swell. Yeah, we'll get their support. Mr. Hadley, there's a call for you personally on line two. Oh, well, who is it? He didn't say. Oh, well, take a number. Tell him I'll, I'll get back to him, will you? Yes, sir. Uh, Sid, have you got a cigarette? Yeah, sure. Hey, 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 you gave him up, remember? What? 
Oh, yeah, that's right. I, just reflex, I guess. Well, anyway, uh, the convalescent home at three, and I'm about 90% sure we're going to get some TV coverage on the visit, so I've lined up about a half a dozen residents who are sympathetic. How can they be sympathetic? They don't even know me. Yeah, but they do know Mendenhall, and they're up to here with him. They want him out, and they're going to tell you so on camera. I'm sorry, Mr. Hadley. The man says it's important, and he has to talk to you right now. Huh? The man on the telephone. He says it's important. Why, did you get his name? Honey, always get the name. Find out who it is. I'm sorry. Oh, she's just a junior high volunteer. All right, all right. I'll take it here. Excuse me, Sid. Sure. I'll be around when you're through. Line two. All right. Now, this is Jim Hadley. Jimmy! I hate to bother such a busy guy, but I wanted to get you where you could talk. I guess last night wasn't too good a time. I suppose Gene was listening. Now, you listen to me. I'm new to politics, I admit, but I'm not new to what you're trying to pull. Now, if you think you can... Jimmy, Jimmy, I'm not trying to pull anything. I'm a guy in possession of some knowledge about you, that's all. Something you did... All right, all right. Now, what is this terrible thing I'm supposed to have done? On the phone? Oh, no. You wouldn't want it on the phone. You never know who's listening these days. Uh Uh-huh, well, I'll tell you something, fella. You're wasting my time. Whew. I got to get a hold of myself. Anything wrong, Chief? Hey, can I help? Sid, I I, I don't want to take any more calls. Period. Unless it's my wife or someone you know personally. Okay, fine. No exceptions. And that's it. The worst thing about it now was I began searching my memory for any act I might have committed years earlier. Anything that would be compromising if it were brought out now. But there was nothing. Nothing. Except, well, maybe there was a little impropriety, perhaps. I couldn't discuss these things with you, Jeannie, because, well, no need to get you concerned. And I admit there were a few chapters in my life that I wasn't overly proud of. But the days rolled on. I'd all but deserted my law practice and heaped all the cases on the shoulders of my partner, Ben Parsons. Campaign seemed to be going pretty well. And if the mysterious caller was still calling, I never knew about it, because Sid Davies was screening all my calls. So, I'd almost put it out of my mind until that Thursday afternoon that Ben insisted I come down to the law offices for a talk. I've got to ask you right out front, Jimmy. Are you in trouble? Well, no, no. Why? Any kind of trouble? Something you're keeping to yourself? No, I'm not, Ben, and I don't know why you ask. I'm asking because I think you're being blackmailed. Uh, Why do you say that? Because I've taken some phone calls for you, and I don't like the tone of them. Phone calls? That's right. Want to hear them? Well, sure, I... No. Got them right here on tape. Look, Ben, there's been a crank calling me from time to time, but it's nothing. Or it could be some crackpot with a Mendenhall bunch. Well, if it is, I think we ought to report it. No. Why not? This guy is threatening to expose some kind of uh, episode in your past if you don't step down from the mayor's race. Now, that's actionable. Forget it, Ben. Why? Because I said so. Look, Jimmy, if it's Mendenhall's outfit, it'll clinch the election for I him. just don't want anything made of it. That's all. What have they got on you, Jimmy? Nothing. God is my witness, there is nothing. Then why don't we go public with it? Look, nobody knows about this except you and I, and I want it kept that way. When did he talk to you last? I don't know. Week, maybe. 
Well, he says he can't get you to the phone anymore, so he's forced to work through others. And that's got to mean Gene, for one. Gene? Sure. He's called Gene? I don't know, but I bet he will. Jimmy, why don't you tell me what he's got on you? We can work something out. For the last time I told you, he's got nothing on me. Nothing. What are you doing? I'm going to pour myself a drink, do you mind? At 10.30 in the morning? Now listen here, Ben. One thing I don't need from you is criticism. Sure, Jimmy. Excuse me. Just wanted to help. I, I could feel myself changing. Where before I'd been steady and determined and everything, everything that I did now, I was shaky and tentative. I, I didn't know what I was afraid of, but it, it haunted and plagued me, and I, I, I felt guilty. Guilty of what, though? When I left the office, I headed straight for my car to drive out to a shopping center where I was going to do some more handshaking, and when I got to my car, I noticed something stuck under the windshield wiper. A note. I unfolded it, and my hands were shaking, but I could read it well enough. Dear Jimmy, too bad you won't discuss this like a reasonable man. Now I'm going to have to take further steps. If you think I'm bluffing, just look for me at the shopping center today. I'll be there. Unless, of course, you decide to withdraw from the race. The shopping center. He was going to be at the shopping center. At last I'd be able to confront this threat face to face. And now, back to Crisis. Jimmy. Jimmy, what happened? Are you all right? Yeah, I, I, I'm perfectly all right. You know what time it is. Not precisely. It's after four, I guess. Uh, may I ask where you've been for the past seven hours? Uh, I'm sorry, Sid. You're drunk. You're my campaign manager. You're not my father confessor. Did you forget about the shopping center appearance this morning? No, no, I didn't forget. We had almost 200 people out there and two TV stations. And where was the candidate? Right here. But why, Jimmy? Why? Just give me a cigarette, will you? Uh, listen. Listen to me, Jimmy. I quit up Miami public relations job to come up here for you because... Because you were Mr. Straight Arrow, the knight in white armor, the, the honest lawyer with the guts and the imagination to take a good-sized town and turn it around. And now, all of a sudden, you crap out on me. Who, who's seen you this way? Anybody? Huh? Has anybody seen you drinking? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, only Ben. Ben? Ben Parsons. He's my partner. This, this is his, his office, right. too. Okay, okay, now look. Today was a bad mistake, but, but we can cover it up. I'll get you to a telephone and uh, get a few of the right people and, and say the right things, and I think we can get by. But, Jimmy, this has got to be the last time. You understand? The last time. Okay, Sid. You want me to phone Gene? No. Jimmy, can you tell me, please, why you didn't show up at the shopping center and why you got drunk? You don't have a drinking problem. No, no, 
I guess I can't tell you either thing. Well, what do you want me to do for you? There's nothing. Just let me sit here. Now, you go ahead. You, you, you go on home. I'll be okay in the morning. Only I wasn't okay in the morning. As you know, Janie, I didn't come home that night. For the same reason I didn't make the appearance at the shopping center. I was hiding out. Scared. Afraid of confronting the mystery man who said he'd be there. Afraid of what he'd do. No, no, no. I, what I was really afraid of was myself. My own past. You see, that afternoon I got drunk... I'd started to dig up everything from my past that I could remember. Things I'd buried years and years before. Things I hadn't even thought about in 20 years. I'd gone back up to the office after I discovered the note on my car, and I, I started drinking and talking with Ben, and Ben tried to help, but it didn't do any good. So you had a couple minor run-ins with the law when you were a kid. Well, what kid didn't? Well, that, that, that's not all, Ben. There was, there was this girl when I'd just gotten out of the service. You think Mendenhall would use that against you? That was, what, 30 years ago? Oh, well, there were other things. Like what? Well, like I, uh, I stole. Stole what? Money out of old man Ingersoll's cash register when I worked in the drugstore. How many years ago? Oh, it was when I was going through law school. Oh, ye gods, what did you take? I don't know. I got mad at him one night because he wouldn't pay me overtime when I'd worked for another kid, so I helped myself to what I figured he owed me. Five dollars, I think it was. Anyone see you do it? No, of course not. Then that isn't it. Now, look, Jocko, you're just too clean. This character is bluffing. He must have known me from high school days. Because he could sing a couple lines of the crummy fight song? I <laughs> get off my back. And incidentally, that's enough booze. I've never seen you drink like that. If I could only find out what he knows. Jimmy, he doesn't know anything. There's nothing to know, isn't that right? I don't know. All right, I'm your lawyer. Answer me this. You ever kill anyone? No. Embezzle money? No. Romance someone else's wife? No. The burn a building down? Oh, cut it out, Ben. I'm trying to think of why the devil you're so willing to be this guy's patsy. If I could just meet him face to face. Well, you could have this morning at the shopping center, according to that note you showed me. But you chickened out. Jimmy, you're afraid of him. Yes. Yes, I am. Well, damn it, you can't go on through life being paranoid about some crackpot. It's destroying you. No, you're right. I've got to find him and face him. So you see, Jane, after Ben left, I went ahead and killed the bottle. And sometime late in the afternoon, Sid Davies found me, and it, it was dark when he left the office, and I just sat there in the dark, no lights on. And then, just when I'd about made up my mind to come on home, the phone rang. It was no use to let it ring. I I thought it might be you, Janie, or maybe Ben, and I, I had to answer it. I I couldn't ignore it any longer. I Hadley and Parsons, this is Jim Hadley speaking. Well, I'll be darned. Jimmy? It's you. Say, we missed you out at the shopping center this morning. Decided to call it quits, Jimmy? Now listen, I've got to talk to you. 
that sounds reasonable. All right, where? Where? What's wrong with here now? No, 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 not over the phone. Like you said, it's not ex- it's not secure. You sound like a man who's finally remembered something he tried hard to forget. Right, Jimmy? Just tell me where we can meet. Hmm. Have to think about that. Now, look. You you want me to drop out of the mayor's race. All right, maybe I will. But I've got to talk to you first. Oh? Well, all right. Tell you what. What? I'll, um, be parked at the end of Mount Carmel Drive. You know where that is? Sure, sure. I know where it is. Well, I'll be there. How soon? Oh, say, 30 minutes. I'll be there. See you, Jimmy. Yeah, I'll see you. Jenny, I... I don't know how to explain the way I felt. Like, like, like suddenly there was nothing and nobody left on earth except for myself and the man I was going to meet. I... I went through Ben's desk until I finally found what I knew would be there. His gun. We both bought guns ten years ago. Remember, right after Ben and I took on a racketeer who wanted to clear his conscience? I'd sold mine later, but Ben never did. And now... Now I found it. And found the bullets. And put them carefully into the cylinder. Exactly 30 minutes from the time I talked with the blackmailer, I cruised slowly up to the dead end of Mount Carmel Drive. There was no other car there. Maybe, maybe I was early. I parked, shut off the motor and the lights. I waited, and then... Then the lights of a car came up the road toward me. Yes, it was him. He turned around slowly and came to a stop right beside my open window. It was dark, but I could see him getting out of his car, see him walking slowly toward me. I didn't mean to do it, Jean. I, I didn't intend to do it at all, but suddenly I felt transfixed by fear and desperation, so I took the gun, held it with both hands out my car window, aimed it at the dark form coming toward me, and fired. <laughs> realized what I'd done. I drove away from there just as fast as I could go. I was crazy with fear and revulsion over what I'd done. I I drove. I don't know how long or where, but finally I found myself back at the office. I let myself in, closed the door, and just stood there at the darkness, listening to my heart beat when all of a sudden... Hello. Hello. James. Oh, darling, it is you. Are you all right? Yes. Yes, Jean. I'm all right. Oh, then you didn't go. Go? Well, Ben called. You know that telephone bug thing where he makes recordings of his phone calls? Well, he's been recording all his calls ever since that crackpot started phoning the office. 
And tonight he listened in somehow, and, and when you arranged to meet that man up on Mount Carmel Drive, he, well, he called me, and he, he told me he was going up there and be with you if the man showed up. Oh, he was so concerned about you, and so was I. Oh, but you didn't go.